0: And I said earlier today, as we gathered together and prayed over this service, if you've been listening and tracking along, we began in the book of Revelation stating how Jesus had made us both kings and priests. Now, where we state that as you turn to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22, because that's where our real message, you feeling okay, Miss Beth? Leaning on the rock of Gibraltar, the rock of Joel Phillips, the same way that Jessica leans on the rock of Kevin Greganus, that all good wives have come to the place to trust in the rock of their husband the patriarchy, men who aren't ashamed to be men, men who aren't ashamed to act like men, talk like men, and live like men, and be strong, quit you, fit yourself, and for God's sake, be a man. God made me to be a man, and I will not be any other intersectional, transvestite, transgender, uh, ridiculous thought, no matter what the present milieu Our society says. They say they're looking for men. Well, that's what we're raising up here. Right, Deborah? Those two strong young men that you have in your life. But it says in Revelations, verse 6, that Jesus hath made us kings and priests unto God and His Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever we want to talk about why it seemed like the revelation of priesthood was delayed, why it was improper in the entire Old Testament for them not to have a king before the time and also not to have a priesthood before the time. And as you prepare to read, we listened to the summation. Brent brought us to this stepping stone. If you listened... I'm going to put my eyeballs on. I can see your eyes looking back at me. If you listen to the streamcast, you'll know exactly where we are. As he taught about the visitation of the priesthood to Abraham from the slaughter of the kings which was said to be the high priest Melchizedek, which was said to be the appearance of nothing less than Jesus Christ, which was nothing less than the materialization of the God that Abraham believed in. El Shaddai, Elohim, the self-existing God, the only uncaused God cause in the universe the spirit that came and manifested to him revealed itself to him had now materialized in the form of a person Jesus said in John chapter 8 and 9 I was that person and because Abraham met me where the gospel was first preached he's not dead Now if you think Jesus is some, if He's only uh, right now in your level of growth, the second person of some humanistic, idealistic, religious Godhead, I'll let you grow in that. I will give you the distinctions of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, because the Bible does. But I will not doctrinally differentiate Father from Son, Son from Father, Father from the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost from Father, the Holy Ghost from Son, or the Son from the Holy Ghost. I will tell you, as the Bible said, these three are one. Now that's a solid revelation with yours truly. I will work with you and labor with you until it becomes your revelation. We're also going to find out it is the revelation of resurrection. It is the proof that resurrection has visited you in a new birth, in your sanctification, in being visited a second time by God Himself, in rewarding you and sealing you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, so that you could finally surrender your soul, the way you think, the way you feel, and what you love, and be set above to God. Somebody say Amen. Because your soul's a big problem if you haven't noticed. You get to know people well enough, you watch them, Brother Nick, go in and out of their moods. Talkative some days, withdrawn other days. People are on top of the world some days and underneath it other days. You and I, as brothers and sisters, are supposed to be aware, read their countenance discern them, and if they're down and you're having an up moment, you lift them up. Then the next time you come to church, when you're down, they'll lift you up. See, you can find someone overtaken, a man in a fault. And if you're spiritual, you'll be aware of it. And you will begin to restore that man because you've been restored. That's what the Jesus in my heart did for me and that's the motivation in my heart when I find a man overtaken in a fault is to restore him. Just a man, not a brother, not a preacher, not an elder. All he has to be is a human being, a part of the human race. It's not the color of his skin. It's not the background of his ethnicity. It's not his education. It's the fact that he's down. He's got the one qualifier that's gained my attention. He's in a fault. Now, I consider myself lest I look down on him through my self righteous nose and act like, well, that would just, I'd I'd never do that. Not me. Because I realize I can be tempted just like he is, just as quick, and by this time next year, be in the very same hole and pit that I'm helping him get out of. Any amens? Okay, so. When we find someone, we help them out for a day or two, but it's with the faith you get back up on your own feet. You lift your head up to heaven again and get back to working for God and walking with God and living for God. This is not the government welfare system or disability that will pay you more to stay out of work than go back to work. What I do is going to help you get back to work. Now, if you don't work, you don't eat, and I don't have any problem telling you at the homecoming, listen, slob, you haven't done your job. And you can eat, but you can get in the last of the line. You two punks from the homeless shelter who think you can come here and be unseen, think that I'm unaware, just jumped in the front of the line, so they can eat all the good food of all the good Christian people, eat their slop up, fill their gullets up, and walk down the road. I said, listen, punks, I'm going to let you stay here. Because I have the power with some other brothers to throw your sorry butt out on the road. Now you can get in the back of the line, you can hang around and help us clean up and earn your way, or you can take a hike right here, right now while I'm standing here. They decided to take a hike. And I said, oh, that hurts so much. That means your motive wasn't right to start with. It would have been more of a conviction for me to them to be humble enough to listen to what I have to say and get in the back of the line and then stay and make sure everything's cleaned up, put up, and where it should be. They thought they'd just come in and ride on the front of everything. And and old Kello's not going to be aware of it. I'm going to be Mr. Congeniality. How nice that you two dirty crumbs have come in here just to feed yourself like hogs and feed yourself in our feast of charity without fear, without respect, without reverence to God or the people that have come together. As Jude said, Oh my, I have scripture in verse for what I did. How shameful. I might weave a whip And finding people turning the house of God into a house of merchandise. And it may make me so unhappy that I whip them out of here in your presence. And someone would say, Oh, I think Pastor's upset. Good. Because you find that my humanity lives as well. Now, I can be angry, but I haven't sinned against any one of you, I haven't stolen your cows. I haven't come at your wives, and I still represent God in a truthful way and manner. Can we say amen? Now how many is ready to buckle in? Hebrews 7, 22. By so much, was Jesus, capital Jesus, thank God, not capital devil, capital Jesus, was made a surety, the guarantee, the warranty, the all-sufficient truth of Jesus, providing an all-sufficient grace for whatever we may face, of a better testament. And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue By reason of death. Everybody says it's the name of the sermon. By reason of death. The priests that were chosen because of Moses' excuse. I'm a man of slow tongue. I'm a man of slow speech. I can't go talk to Pharaoh. I've already messed it up. I'm on the backside of this desert. You appear as the fire of God in a burning bush and you want to pick me as I formerly believed that I was the deliverer for the nation of Israel but I've given up on that dream and now you want to revivify that calling you want to reignite that calling because God hasn't changed His mind about you no matter what you've done. And God used a man who committed murder Everybody say he committed murder. He killed an Egyptian soldier, and God still wants him to be his man. He may not be your man, because you may know he killed a man. God chose a preacher who was a murderer, but yet God forgave him. God's grace still chose him. Paul was consenting to the death of Stephen, and God still chose him. He had the papers from the church to say, go ahead, stone him to death, even though he just preached the best sermon I've ever heard in my life. Kill him. Can we say amen? What what are you able to forgive? What can you relate to and live with? Could you hang out with the murderer that's forgiven? Could you hang out with the apostle Paul who had killed and yet was forgiven? Is your forgiveness that much grace? Is grace all sufficient? Or only when you think it is assigned to certain people in certain ways, impartiality, and respect of persons. And yet God does the impossible. We read about it in the Bible, but we don't associate it with our life. Because if we're asked to live with a person who did that, we can't be around him. So these are just ideas on pages until you can live with it. I don't think we heard that, until you can live with it. And these many priests that were chosen came from the same tribe that Moses came from, the tribe of Levi. And their entire ministry was about killing things. All Levi did in the 24 courses of coming before the Lord into the Holy of Holies, the holy place, And the inner court was kill things. They were the administration of death. They were the ministry of condemnation. And all they did was kill animals, kill things, live on what they killed, shed blood, shed blood, and then they themselves also died. Now the last time Israel got close to thinking they might have a king who could be a priest as well, His name was Uzziah. He had outlived and outreigned Saul, David, and Solomon. They all reigned 40 years. He was reigning 52 years. And as long as he sought the Lord as a king, God did marvelous things with him. And as Brent said, I like that he brought it out, he set up watchtowers of security miles and miles out in every direction. That if there was an approaching enemy, somebody lived at that station, lit a fire on top of the station, and someone could see that two miles away, and then they lit a fire two miles away, and they lit a fire two miles away, and then Israel could have a lot of warning before their enemies came in. God gave that man that marvelous idea for the protection of the city. People thought so well of Uzziah, Isaiah was lost in the miraculous kingship of Uzziah. So they began to think, Holly, he's probably the one. He's already outran David, Solomon, and Saul 12 years. Uh, and there are 12 tribes Everybody shake your head and say, The numbers match. Oh, uh, knuckleheads, numbers. So what? So they got it into his head that he was the Messiah. He stopped praying to God. So he decided not only to be the king, but the priest as well. He's going to do what he was forbidden by the scriptures to do. And everybody say, by reason of death. That's real important. We preach by reason of life, by reason of resurrection. He is going to represent more death. He goes in in the 11th year of his kingship to walk in on Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, and he's going to offer the sacrifice that only at this time the high priest chosen of that year is allowed to walk in just once into what's called the manifest presence of God. He walks in as a king. The moment he comes through the veil, from the holy place into the holy of holies, boom! Pops out all over him. Full-blown white leprosy. His flesh is already falling off of his arms, his face, his eyes, his nose. He begins to lose all structural features. I mean, you have no idea. Your nose is rotting off your face. Your chin is rotting off of your jawbone. Your cheeks are rotting off of your, your skeletal skull. Your hair is falling out. Your fingernails fall off. The hair comes off in between your fingers around your fingers, your elbows become raw and bare, and you're nothing but a messy, pussy boil of poison, which is a symbol and a sign of sin that slowly but surely and absolutely destroys your life. And if someone's living in a sin, my Father God will make it known, and they will receive the correction that it takes to be brought back to salvation. Even when you're wrong, when God chastises you, it is not to throw you away, but it's to bring you back. But remember this, church, the way of a transgressor is very hard. You've chosen a very tough path. Since you can't read this and learn from it, you'll have to go the way of feeling rebuke, recorrection. You can't see that your early obedience would be better than sacrificing who you are, what you have, and what God wanted to bless you with to get your attention. And if He has to chase you to a deathbed, His jealousy is as cruel as the grave. God will come visit you in the teeter-tottering moments of life or death to see if you will accept Or reject him to that point because he loves you. Read the Song of Solomon. So we see that Levi entering in. He's a ministry of death. All he ever did for Israel was kill things. When Moses came down the mountains, they're the reason the commandments were broken. And on that day, Levi joined himself to Moses. And because of Aaron's lie that he took their gold and their metals and he threw it into the fire and a calf jumped out. Oh, and just by the way, while we're listening to that stupid story that Aaron tells, he lies. He just happened to be a metalsmith. Someone is the practice of forming and shaping metal. But Nick, what he did, he took all their gold, everything that they were paid for, For their 430 years of slavery, they turned it into an idol. And God blessed them with what they did. The way many people in America take their blessing of salvation and the life that they've been given, instead of giving thanks and serving God, now they get so well off that they forget God, leave Him behind, and go on and serve their own will as their own Lord. Forgetting the one who gave them the blessing to start with. I figured I wouldn't get any amens. We are in America. It happens so much, it's considered normal. Except for when you read the Bible. Your blessings and your success, the one that gives you power to get wealth is God. And God gave you that power to get wealth not to corrupt yourself, not to do your own will, and not to make light of God, but so that He might establish His covenant in the earth. Finish reading the Scripture, please. And not not the covenant of Moses. The grace of God is what I stand for. The grace of God is what I believe in through Jesus Christ. And there is a stark contrast between what Moses said and what Jesus said. Hmm. These Levites not only will kill in their ministry, you've got to bring an animal to shed blood, not to take away your sin, but to cover all your wrongs and all your faults. So the end of the week would wind up with you showing up, confessing what you did wrong, what you didn't get right, making accusation against others. That sounds like church today. No, but this was the old church. Dragging an animal, washing it in the laver, taking it to uh, the altar of sacrifice, confessing your sins to the priesthood, him slitting the animal's throat, pouring the blood out on the fire, and providing a covering for you until the end of next week, And next week we'll find out what all you did wrong. And who wants to testify against you. Imagine if you weren't the most favorite person in Israel. And people would just line up in line to say, Well, I don't really like them anyway because I saw them doing this and I saw them doing that. Isn't it great? During the pandemic they wanted us to become tattletales on our neighbor. If you saw somebody out with one of their without their stupid masks that don't work, that didn't help anyone. You realize now as sheeple you were lied to, misled, misinformed, only to find out further that the funding of America supported the Wuhan lab. That we were a part of the disease that spread and nobody ate a bat! Now it's completely believable and factual that America was supporting the Chinese research. And your little squirt, fraudulent Fauci, your little prophet, he's nothing but a political liar. Not to be believed and not to be followed. Now if you, by grace as me, I never caught the disease. By the grace of God... God, some I don't know, for some reason, as hateful as I am, as awful as I am, as terrible as I am, God seemed to protect me. Amazing, isn't it? Because I wouldn't have done well. I tried to as much as I could, wear a mask when I could, but it made me more sick feeling than it made me feel well. If you believe government is your God or government is your good, you already deceived. They hate church. They hate people that think for themselves. They hate people that are willing to stand on their own two legs and say, here's my idea of government. Stay out of my life. Back off. Oh, well, since you are here and you are taking my money up, pave some roads, put some curbs in. Build a military that can protect us. Other than that, I don't want to hear from you. And they just love me. Being a free thinker. I don't join into their group think. You shouldn't be persuaded by it either. The who persuades me is the Lord. I'm persuaded by faith to trust in God. Now by reason of death... These Levites, operating in a substitutionary priesthood, kept falling off by death. Uzziah contracted the leprosy. Within his twelfth year, he died. Took him a year to die, but he died. Had he been the one, all we could say about him as the Savior is he died. And did he not die like the rest of us? Did he not just live a life and die like the rest of us? He didn't live as long as Abraham did. He didn't live as long as Moses did. Moses would have been a better candidate than him, but Moses also had sin in his life. Jehoiada lived longer than Moses, but he also died. Isaiah would have been a good one. No, they sawed him in half because he just talked. About the Messiah. They put him to death under God keeping a promise that was asked for by Hezekiah when he had a son named Manasseh. Manasseh became so wicked in the last 15 years of Hezekiah's life that when he took over the kingship, what did he do for Isaiah? Even though Isaiah had married, I mean, I'm sorry, Hezekiah had married Isaiah's daughter, Hephzibah. Beautiful, bountiful Hephzibah in the land called Beulah, which means married. Thank you for that. I don't know who said that, but thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Sometimes we actually know how the Bible goes together. Manasseh rewards the grandfather of his former father's wife by taking men in the middle of town saying, we're tired of your prophecies, we're tired of hearing about your Messiah, and they cut him in half. That's how his life ended. That's how his old age was rewarded for preaching the Messiah. Can we say amen? And the 24 courses of the Levitical priesthood, they die off and they have to go pick another one. They die off and they go have to pick another one. Guess what people were figuring out? They live and they die. There's nothing to this God. (coughs) God couldn't have the priest really show up until he could pull off what no one else can do. And he'd have to come under the order of Melchizedek without beginning of days, without end of life, without a genealogy. He'd have to be the eternal one Because the law of substitution was being implemented by God as early as Adam, Mr. and Mrs. Adam in the garden. When they sinned, the second blood was shed. Everybody say the second blood. The blood of lambs. God made skins for them out of lambskins that had died to cover their sins when they were hiding from God In the woods of religion. Yet God found them hiding. God will find you hiding too. Whatever it is you think you can hide behind. Gideon, you can hide behind a well because of the enemy. And he might come up and say, Hey, mighty man of valor, get up. Stand up. Stop being a coward. I want to use you to fight against what's fighting my people. God always finds us hiding. I was hiding in my worthlessness. Hiding in the attitude that nothing mattered. We didn't have to accomplish or do or anything. Hiding. People are hiding behind all types of things. God shed blood for the second time and covered their sin and began to institute in the minds of people, which has been taking place from the beginning of man, if you watch a real person who lives a subsistence lifestyle up in Alaska, or some other uncharted region by themselves, they partially live off of the land, and every time they kill an animal that provides them the substance of deer meat, or moose meat, or bear meat, And they give thanks that the animal was was there to be killed. Because in its death, it sustains their life. This mentality is taking place in the minds and it's being placed in our memory banks and in our thoughts, and it's inculcated from the beginning of time. We begin to think something died so I can live, something died so I can live. Something died so I can live. Say that with me. Something died so I can live. Now, that's called the doctrine, if you're going to get a theological degree, substitutionalism. And then it came to place, not just from animals, it also comes in the theological degree of representationalism. Something is going to substitute for you, and something is going to represent you, and dying. So you don't have to die. You know, so you can live. I look at your neighbor and say, that's so you can live. You, you should be happier about that. Someone just died in your place. Now you don't have to. Something was just used to represent you as a substitution so you're not the one that has to die. Other beliefs of God began to do the same thing of representationalism, and oftentimes they would choose little children like Credence. As Ruth had been chosen by Moab and the god Molech to be offered on his burning red hot hands, the idol and her, her flesh melt away to her death. To atone for that nations. And that's what that God expected. For you to have your firstborn. Which they also got from Israel. That it had to be sacrificed. But God provided in the book of Numbers the substitution of a lamb for your firstborn. Instead of offering Malachi, you'd have to get a good lamb and offer it for him for your firstborn. Because it's God that blessed you with the son and the opening of a womb with that little boy or a girl. And the idea of representationalism was there. But it always ended in death. Everybody say death. Levi was no better than the other false gods. Because all they did was kill. All they did was bring death. And then they died themselves. Now, I'm a thinking person. Had I been around, I've been a real, real stick in the crotch. I would have said, let's see, let's see if I got this right. Uh, this is representation. Oh, I'd have been a problem. I'd have went to the temple and I said, you guys hadn't thought this through. You're very stupid. Everybody's still dying, idiot. All we get is a lot of death. They wind up dying, and then we wind up dying. Don't give me this eternal life crap. Oh well, God bless all you modern day thinkers. Let's go a little further. Let's read it out of the Bible then. I know I'll read a scripture. Go to 2 Peter 3. You think that's not you think that's not true? You know why we have scoffers and mockers? Because your godly grandmother goes to a cemetery and dies. And their sinful uncle, who screwed everything, drank everything, lied to everybody, cussed every breath, winds up getting buried in the same place in the same dirt. Well, how's your God doing for you now, hot shot? Why should I serve a God? His godly grandmother went into the dirt, and now that's where we're burying old Uncle Eddie. And he lived to be 97 even outlived your grandmother by 17 years. So what's so great about your God? Y'all hearing me today? Everybody say by reason of death. We don't serve the ministry of death. We serve the ministry of resurrection. And it has already begun. My spirit has already come back to life. My body has been filled with power. And I'm presently working out that more and more life in my soul can be converted from its darkness into light. And that's the only thing you can that's entirely up to you to bring out of your suppression. Oh, i just learned to live with it. I know until you blow up. Until we find your trigger. And now you're shooting off like a, a tommy gun in the midst of the house on full automatic and nobody's going like to duck and bow because they can't be around you while you explode. Because what's inside of you is not resolved. And you should have lived long enough with you to be aware, oh no, there I go again. Oh no, there I am again. Oh no. And see Matthew, you do recognize it. The inner conscience. That's why when you look at the created beings in the book of Revelation, they are full of eyes, Brent, within and without. God knows what you're looking at without because He is within you, asking you, why do you keep looking at stuff like that? What would you lose over there? What need are you supplying yourself? Since apparently God can't supply it, If you're still looking at the evil thing What are you doing for yourself? When are you going to learn like Job In the book uh, chapter 30 verse 1 To make a covenant with your eyes Stop having eyes full of adultery Just because it's right there Doesn't mean you should look at it What need are you trying to fill By voyeurism Scopophilia Oh those are big words Okay let me bring it down to you Pornography. What inside of you, what are you really trying to feed in there? Do you have something that just needs to die? Or something that can be filled with something far better than lust? You know, something we never fight. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. Oh, no problem here. Please shut up. Please shut up and repent do me and God a favor and shut up and repent. Amen? My humanity tells me that I know what your humanity goes through. Amen? We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, but you could get down to the source of why do you return? Why do you go there again? What what need are you trying to satisfy? Because you're saying in substitution... God, that's a place you don't satisfy me. But I can say, God, that's a place where you fully satisfy me. But I had to go and admit that there was lust. And I needed to stop. Unlike the rest of us, I I have to work things out like that. I have to really work it out in prayer and in honesty and in truth. Because I know that he's full of eyes within and without. Y'all with me so far? Mmm, mmm. See, we may not be thrilling your senses right now, but we're definitely knocking on the door of your will. Let me hear Him knocking. Behold, I stand at the door and... Hey! Will you let me in? Will you bring me into this dark place in your soul? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I like to come into you and you come into me and us sit down and have supper together, uh, another communion meal, the main course of the day. Now let's discuss what you're trying to satisfy. And then when you get to the meal, you say, You know, God, this just doesn't hit the spot for me. You always serve this same stuff, and I need something that really fits me. Well, be honest about it and say it. Wow, we are really listening now Because we are affecting will And this will change your mind And if it gets into your heart You can be delivered Can we say amen Listen to the Bible Wherefore beloved The second epistle I now write unto you Second Peter 3, one. if you are there Remember, death by reason of death. Everybody winds up in the ground. Everybody winds up in the dirt. Everybody winds up at that cemetery. So tell me again, uh, Joel, what did your grandma have that was so great? I, you know, I can't say it enough. Smoked everything, cussed everything, screwed everything, lied to everybody. And now he's going in the same dirt. And he's lived as a full blown, absolute, unthankful sinner his whole life. And you're both going into the same ground. There has to be a change somewhere. How many get what I'm trying to convey to you? Death had been established. To use Jesus in the New Testament to reestablish what has been ground into us, which is death, is not his mission. Seeing people die is not His mission. Ending this world and condemning it as filth and offscoring is not redemption. That's not what grace does. God come to you and say, I'm just tired of being merciful to you. I'm just worn out with showing you love. I tell you what, just, just... Throw him in the lake of fire and let him burn in the mythical Tartarus as the religions teach. And then you who have been fortunate enough to be be, uh, jettisoned out of here, y'all get your marshmallows and cook them over your roasting loved ones as they burn forever in torment. What a terrible idea! If you could even consider yourself at the lake of fire watching people Eternally tormented And sinners do not have the promise Of eternity But people that are born again Do Maybe that fire could be What the Bible said it was A refining fire where God throws us Into some type of strange fire As a chastisement that the trying of your faith, though it be tried with fire, more precious than gold and silver, that your faith may be found unto the praise and the glory of your God. But again, I'm just using the Bible, forgive me. So as he reads, (laughs) Now I write unto you, in which I stir up your pure minds, that's a uh, renewed mind if it's a pure mind, by way of remembrance, that you be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of our Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after what? Their own lust. And saying, where is the promise of His coming? I've heard everybody say He's coming. But your grandpa, my grandpa, your grandmother, my uncle all buried in the same cemetery. I've been burying certain people, saints, and just 50 yards away, someone died as a sinner, died drunker than a skunk, lived like hell on earth, and they're playing free bird on a boombox. That's his service. So while I'm trying to preach the gospel and give comfort to the family of a saint who died the necky poos the red necky poos that's where I come from that's the side of town that I come from they call our baseball team the honey badgers whatever that means I think the Sasquatch on your rednecks would be much better honey badgers what is that all about I saw the mascot, and I said, for God's sake, Diane, that's a skunk. I said, the Gastonia skunks. No, hu- no, Kevin, that's a honey badger. And I said, well, where are they at? You go up around Dallas in the Triangle area, there is an absolute colony of skunks because someone has always run over a skunk, and it smells like tin miles. Every time I ride through there, it's the city of Ten Butts. Freshly run over skunk, aroma just wafting through the air. And the Gaston County honey badgers. I, I you know, I need to join these committees instead of just complain about them. I'm like, guys, what are you thinking? Honey badgers? Anyway, saying, scoffing after their own lust, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all of Levi fell asleep, apparently my sinful uh, relative is sleeping just like you say your godly grandmother's sleeping. We haven't seen anybody rise from the dead. We haven't even heard anyone say that they were still alive until Jesus came. And Jesus said, because Abraham knew me, he's still alive. And they called him crazy. They said, you're not yet 50 years old. And you say, Abraham saw your day? He said, yeah, he not only saw it, and because he saw it, back there as the living priesthood of Melchizedek, and there was a sacrifice and communion, bread and wine, and then he gave me a tenth of all that he had, I didn't ask for it, he just gave it. Because he knew I was the materialization of everything that I believed about God and there he was in a priesthood, in a person. And that person was Jesus Christ. Can we say amen? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from, let's go all the way back now to the creation. Adam died and never got up again. For this they willingly are ignorant, of, will themselves in ignorance. Everybody say, will themselves in ignorance. What we have is going to defeat people at the cemetery. Not only should we be outliving the sinner, because we don't live the stresses and the hates and the poison and the bitterness of sin and the transgression of sin, we should be outliving them in our life. These doctors keep coming in, scaring the bejesus, Out of my wife dying, he should have been dead. He should have been dead. He should have been dead. We don't know how he's alive. We don't know how he came through that. He shouldn't have any hands or feet. (laughs) You can't have discussions like that about me when I'm not awake, whether I have my hands or feet. I said, Well, let me slap you one more time if you think you're going to do that. I still have my hands and feet, and I'm still up walking because I don't live by their terms. I don't forsake my own mercy. I don't observe the practices of physicians of no value. God keeps me alive. That's why I'm still upright and talking. That's why I'm going to live on. And not die. And to continue to declare the words of truth. I know it would be simpler to teach some baby milk. Pat you on the head, warm your pacifier, send you off into the week, little child. Let's do not, I, I know people who suck on the breast, those of you who still want milk, you're not capable of knowledge and doctrine. We can go have Sunday school class and can talk about Noah and the boat. Even though we did have a Jonah, it gets swallowed and spit up which I, that, 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 that did catch my eye off the coast of Massachusetts. He became well vomit. Bleh. They willingly are ignorant that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water that was established on the second day the cosmos above, read this with me uh, that by the word of God I'll read this without me. By the word of God, the heavens were of old. Everybody say, the heavens were of old. It's always been heaven, but we no longer refer to where we are or what we live in as heaven. On the second day, God completed the cosmos above, the separation of the earth and the water. He called it the firmament, and then He said, this is heaven. Genesis 1, 8, 9. And now Peter says, they were of old by the word of God, the heavens. The earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world then that was being perished with water, that the, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished, but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. And the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering. To us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now if God kept His word, and He did, the heaven where we will inherit when we rise from the dead, if I'm not still alive and remaining until the return of Jesus Christ, I will rise to this redeemed earth. Because the church will have been occupying, doing His business, and establishing His grace and love. And it's going to be such a turnaround. In the days of Elijah, God had to show him that there were 7,000 people because He said He was the only one. I'm the only one who loves you. I'm the only one who who stands for you, God. And God opens up His eyes and says, no, there's 7,000. You just don't recognize them and you don't acknowledge them. That serve me day and night right now. When John does that again, he inverts the miracle and he says, Now the whole world is saved. And there's only about 7,000 that are not saved. How many believe that? <laughs> I do, Lord. Nick's shaking his head, so I got a little bit of agreement. It's not coming through real strong. This, this is the needle. It's, it's, it's bumping, but it's not jumping. back to Hebrews isn't it interesting that Peter found that death was an issue with saint and sinner how long would it take for you to figure out they're killing they kill things so I can live they die when I do everybody's dying apparently my God must be the God of death Because if you serve Him, what you get is death. Everybody dies. If I don't serve Him, I die. If I do serve Him, I die. If I please Him, I've got to give Him something that dies. He must... He's the God of death. But He's not the God of death. He's the God of your resurrection. Because in establishing substitution, He's also establishing representation and by the time Jesus comes, when Uzziah dies in the holy place a year later with full-blown leprosy, thank God he was not the Messiah. Because what would our hope be? Oh, the hope is maybe I get to live a little bit longer, get to reign a little bit longer, but I'm gonna ultimately die. And I won't even live I won't even live as long as Moses or Jehoiada, because we're all about keeping genealogies and tell you how long people lived. But ultimately, I'm going to die too. And then they're going to start checking the backgrounds of sinners and say, well, he lived just as long. He'd do anything to serve God. Didn't do a doggone thing. Death doesn't answer the question, but this does. And because they were not suffered to continue, and they truly of Levi were many priests, because they were not suffered to continue. Why? Well, they die. By reason of death. But this man, everybody say this man. Uh, Jesus, that guy. Remember him? That begins to be taught about in Hebrews 5. Who comes not after the order of Levi. Who comes not out of the tribe of Levi. He's not a descendant of Moses. Moses. Joshua and Amram were good parents, but it has nothing to do with the nepotism of the Moses ministry, of Aaron and Miriam. Not as Moses. Everybody say not as Moses. Jesus comes out of eternal life. Wherefore, by this man, because he continueth ever. Now, how did he vindicate real substitution? And real representation. I'll tell you how, Andy. He did something no other god had ever done before. Because he's not proving death. That's already been instantiated. If you want to die, just keep doing nothing. It'll happen. You'll die. But if you want to live, you've got to do something. and Follow the one who didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead resurrection is what we serve resurrection the first resurrection is what I'm experiencing right now lift your hand and say right now now it's not finished, it's not completed but the work has begun all that Jesus began, I wish you'd point yourself like this, all that he began both to teach and to do where? oh right here Because we found out he just doesn't want to be worshipped in Bethel on top of a mountain. Like Abraham did. He shows a better eternal dwelling place. Your life. Your idea now is to live. When I first joined the church, the Pentecostal church, all they told me is die to self, die to self, die to self, die to self, die to self. fast, pray, die to self, die to self, die to self. And one day... After a lot of fasting and a lot of praying, I said, I ain't got mo- no more self to die. What do I do now? I said, I'm, I, I'm so dead to myself. I, I, I don't watch TV. I don't know who won the Super Bowl. There, there's like 20 years I have no idea who played. I, I, I don't know who where the teams are anymore. I, I was such a fan of Jesus. Jesus... I was Jesus only. Oh my God. Moses had died. Elijah was still around. took me a while to put him down. Finally listened to what Jesus said. To hear him. Because I was as big a bonehead about that as Peter was. I know the rest of you just swam right through it. Not me. We even sang the song... These are the days of Elijah. Yeah, let's go out and kill about 2,000 folk. Let's have some more days of Elijah and call fire down on people and not know what manner of spirit we're of. Let's be ding dongs and go around saying, I still believe in the spirit of Elijah is going to come back on the church. Sit down and shut up. You do not know what you're talking about. You want a. You want us to be a sociopath Elijah kills people Elisha gave life I want the double portion You see I don't want you dead I want you alive Your farm are pretty alive and happy Then you are dead And, and just Well we got to deny ourselves I, I woke up one day and said I got no more self to deny I don't even know how to live. Because all I heard was fast pray, but you ain't good enough. You ain't this. The negativity of a melancholy master who constantly criticized to motivate. And old choleric me took orders and went about killing myself. And I wound up good and killed. I woke up one day and I realized man, I, I don't feel love. I feel dead I'm not getting I'm a very, very, very unhappy Christian and Jesus spoke to me when I got to the bottom of me again I've been to the bottom of me in several places how many of you have been to the bottom of you in more than one place I love you folk that said well I only got one bottom oh my god Mine's split so I got at least two listen to me I've been to so many bottoms in me And God said, you know why you're not happy? Because I'm love and you're not. All you've learned is religious structure. Religious structure. You don't love. You're not showing love. I am love. And I'm like, who knew? Jesus said, I did. Just be thankful you're praying to me. Because what you're hearing, and what I'm leading you to do, not the same thing. Get away from the message of death. Return to life. Realize that someone has vindicated substitution and representationalism by something that no one else has done. He died and rose from the dead. So you could be married to another. Lift your hand and say, I can't get married again. Oh, you're scared chickens. Raise your hand and say, I can't get married again. I'm married to him that rose from the dead. I am divorced from Moses. Goodbye, Moses. Adios, amigo. Next time someone criticizes you over something legalistic or the law, just laugh at them. Just say, no, no thanks. Sorry, water on a duck's back. I live by the grace of God. I know you want me to wear long sleeves. Can I suggest you use mouthwash And take a breath, man. May I? Somebody say amen. Do we know what we believe or not? we know why we're saved or not? I have condemnation for none. And I was in prayer some 35 years ago. And God asked me directly, Who do you condemn? And I knew I was in a risky place. I knew if I answered wrongly, I was about to bring judgment down on my own head. God asked me, because i had been done wrong, and I've been done wrong in church. And I was good and mad about it. Good and upset about it. And bad thoughts, unlike the rest of you, were running around in here and in here. God asked me, he said, well, who do you condemn? Fear came on me, Andy, because I realized if I condemned anyone, I myself would be condemned. I don't know if y'all just heard me right now. If I held anybody accountable in the prison of my heart, in the prison of my partiality, in the dungeon of my respective person. that it would put me in a dungeon. Because when you judge someone else and you are guilty of the very same thing, of unforgiveness, do you think the judgment of God is going to escape your life? When you condemn another person with unforgiveness, do you think that you're going to stand before God, not forgiving every man from your heart, and wind up being forgiven yourself? What book are you reading? Tear Matthew 18 out of the the Bible, tear Romans in the second chapter, tear it out of the Bible. So I thought about it. Then I thought about the people. That if I was going to be a Mordecai, if I was going to build a gallows, if I did have it set up to hang some people at high noon and enjoy it, I began to think about one person prominently and I said Lord forgive me I'm wrong I forgive them and I forgive what they've done I want no one condemned please put me down on the record write this down spill my blood if you have to use my blood as the ink I want no one condemned I will give testimony against no one and I felt the peace of God settle on me again the dove found a place of rest because he didn't like my anger he liked me better as a lamb and I forgave I forgave from my heart I realized when I have been reconciled to my, my mom whom I love who I'm so thankful for it's a miracle that's occurred I don't know if you know it I was beyond the age of 50 beyond cancer beyond heart attacks, beyond strokes. And God told me, He said, there's somebody I want you to forgive. And this is how my unforgiveness ran. All I could do is repeat the stories of what happened to me in my childhood. Just kept, kept that talk going. Everybody say, keep that talk going. Or not. Since you're paying attention and thinking so well, when you catch yourself repeating something bad over and over again, they may have really done it. That means you have the power to forgive it. I can't forgive you of someone else's offenses. I can only forgive the offenses that happened to me. And I'm the one who pays for it. He said, "I, I want you to forgive your mom. And I was like... God also knew in my heart, I was fearing the day of my mother's death because I'd realized we'd never had the relationship. He said, what prohibits you right now is you haven't forgiven her. You keep talking about the bad things that have happened. The bad things. Well, I gave all that up. It's all gone. It's forgiven. My other siblings even try to talk to me about it now. I'm like, nope. Not a word. I forgave my mom. I love my mom. She's forgiven and I'm paying for it. I'll pay for her forgiveness. Whatever it needs be, let's pay for her forgiveness. And now I have a loving relationship with my mom. You know how it came? Forgiveness. I forgave the offense. That's what Jesus taught me. You got someone that you can forgive? Someone that you can release out of your prison? Someone that you could go in your heart and say, I forgive you. A new grace and a new life has come. It's not that she indeed did wrong I indeed did wrong God visited me while I was his enemy I'm not forgiven because I didn't do wrong I was the candidate because I did do wrong And Jesus saw to it that I wouldn't reap that He forgave me That I would reap what he sowed What he did That's why we're free today Miss Jessica That's why I'm glad to see your life blessed, prospering, and mountain man got his arm around you. How many like the Bible? You still like it? But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Well, how is that? There's still preachers that die with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, but the spirit of life and the resurrection ministry of the Holy Ghost is what you should be looking for. Not the man, not his personality, not his education, not his flesh, but does he carry the resurrection spirit? Because if any man have not the spirit, he is not representing the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. She, Sister Williams, represents the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ because she's been clothed with the Holy Ghost. It's proven that God chose Curtis. Because the Holy Ghost moves on him. You can't just go pick a guy out because of his intellect, because of his numbers, because of his people. You've got to listen to someone full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost, full of good works. That's the testimony of the unchangeable priesthood. And they will relentlessly point you to Jesus and preach not themselves, hopefully if they know what they're doing, if they mature. This is why. Wherefore, because of this unchangeable priesthood, this more excellent ministry, wherefore he is able also to save to the uttermost uh, them. uh, He's able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth. Uh, He ever liveth. Everybody say he's the living God. He died and he died unto sin once. Once in the, in the world. And now he's risen from the dead. And Andy, because you came here the other Sunday looking for him, he did appear the second time without sin and it was to your salvation. How many knows he's still appearing if you want salvation? Unto them that look for him. Well, I'm one of those that are still looking for him. And Joel, I've got to say, he's still saving me. Everyone got it done. One and done. One and done. Well, God bless you. Mine's been a work in progress. Me and Crystal sitting there shaking our heads together. You got one and done? Wow. I remember a young squirt came barreling up to my house to see a nephew of mine that was staying there with me. Two years and he had his license degree and he learned sixteen practicals and those sixteen things that he could bear he couldn't even quote them all. He said, "Now I'm a full fledged minister." I said, "You are sixteen things. I think I could learn that in the afternoon and unlike you, I could still quote them all. You don't even have that good of a mind, and and I don't think you're stupid. I'm not calling you stupid." I just think you're real unlucky when it comes to thinking. Sixteen things and you're a full-blown preacher. I said, that's amazing. I said, I'm still learning myself. And I certainly couldn't fill up sixteen things that I say I certainly and absolutely believe. I said, I don't even know if I can make it to eight. I said, everything I hold on to, I'm always realizing I don't know anything yet as I ought to know it It keeps getting larger and larger Every time I try to sink my anchor and say That's it God says uh, Not so fast my son Let me talk to you about that again Let's don't sign that just yet That painting's not done I mean, those there's a lot of things you believe That remain incomplete But the perfect one Who is perfecting me Is still working with me I woke up this morning thinking about scriptures in the Bible. Scriptures that needed to be put together. And all I've got to do to stay anointed is do my homework, follow the Holy Ghost and put them together. And preachers stop by the house and want to know, can I I buy your sermon list? Where do you get your sermons? And I'm like, what did you just say? Well, do you you go to sermon.spice or uh, do you get them on... Uh, preachers are us on the internet. You, I'm like, are you kidding me? I said, all my sermons are in here. That's why my Bible's so scribbled on. I have to change them regularly because I got no more places to scribble, no more places to put references. I said, you pray, you seek God, you search God, you knock on His door, you ask, and it's open. And then the Spirit of God inspires you to preach, right? And he just looked at me funny. And he looked at me funny. And she, the minister of the Lord, said, Well, I don't want to go into the Bible, I just want to talk to you. And I said, Well, then you don't want to talk to me. Of course, her wisdom was, Get ready, Holly, you're going to like this. Stop preaching Jesus. I know you're anointed. Just preach about God. People will like you more. And I said, well, if you don't like me because of Jesus, it's good to meet my enemy. How are you? My name's Kevin. Because I'm going to continue to preach Jesus. He is my wisdom, my righteousness, my sanctification, and my redemption. And when I glory, I'm going to glory in the Lord. He's everything else I need. He's given me my opinion. My opinion is right here. And my approval is from there. My opinion is right here. My approval is from God because I study to show myself approved to Him. When I get His okay, well then that's what we're going to say. Can we say amen? Now I am going to exercise myself to have a conscious void of offense before God, but also I'd like to have a conscience void of offense before you. Even though many constantly repeat how offensive I am. He says, it's necessary that offenses come. And be not many masters knowing that we offend all in all things. I have fulfilled that scripture in James. They should put my picture by that. But we have to endure hardness. Thank you, Leah. Leah, smiling. She got it. Even when I'm trying not to be offensive. Trying to be loving, Zach. Trying to show love. Trying to... (laughs) love. Oh my. Everybody smile. It's almost over. Holy moly, it's nearly one o'clock. I know you may have missed your lunch or whatever, but think about this. I'm going to finish this and we're done. I'm just going to read now. Help me to read, Lord Jesus. Help me to read through this. Seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them, for such a high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, apparently like a dove, holy like God, separate from sinners, he's come out from among them, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up, sacrifice, or kill things for for his own sins, And then for the peoples, for this He did once when He offered up Himself. For the law maketh men, high priests, which have infirmity, but the word of the oath, which was since the law, maketh the Son who is consecrated forever. Now that's what I have to say today, just now, in completing where Brent was. I pray that you tune in Wednesday night because there's more where this came from. Now, it puts a smile on my face. I feel the relationship, the peace, and the joy to know that we're on the right track. We're trying to include everybody. And if I'm over anybody's head, Please come and ask me. I will take the time to tutor you. If I got over your head, if I got over your college educated mind, if somehow I'm too intellectual, too smart for you, I'll tone it back. I'll drop it back a notch. I still know how to warm bottles. I can still check and see if the milk's too hot. I think it goes right there. We'll pop it in and just say, well, I know knowledge and doctrine's tough for you. How dare God want us to grow up? Shame on you, God. Other than that, I want to say that I love you. Interesting, isn't it? What an interesting thing. This is, this is I feel real love right now. I feel joy and love. I hope you do. There's just something that seems very right about Jesus to me. And I'm glad we're still on the path of growth because God loves to see things grow. So Father, in Jesus' name, help us to see the great thing You did that not by reason of death, but by reason of resurrection, You've given us the eternal priesthood, the real ministry of Spirit, Holy Ghost, knowledge, light, and power, that of a sound mind, love, Thank you, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. We got you out before one. It's a miracle. The praise and worship team got real out of hand.